This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. Value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. I received a piece of work a few days ago from the desk of John Stopford from Investec Asset Management in London. The piece was entitled Debt, Deleveraging and Demographics. And John Stopford is on the telephone now. John, I know this piece that you sent, brief as it was, was part of a much bigger presentation. But what was the motivation behind it? Well, essentially, most people, I think, focus on short-term drivers of markets and then maybe slightly longer-term drivers in terms of you know, where we are in the business cycle, etc. But people tend not to focus as much on slow-moving, long-term uh, determinants of market pricing. And we think that the super cycle that we've been in in terms of debt linked to a switchover in terms of the sort of demographic drivers of, of growth, inflation rates and so on, those are very big changes and they'll have profound consequences over the coming years and, and we need to think about them and think about those consequences. I think demographics uh, really do define the super cycle phenomenon and if you have a look at, for example, The Economist at the moment, they talk about demographics in Africa, the baby boom they call it, the baby boom as I can't remember the title, but anyway, obviously terribly, terribly important and some people contend that if you can understand demographics, your long-term financial future is secure because it is so important. Do you agree with that? Well, I think it's one of the things that you can have a, a certain amount of foresight about simply because, you know, births today will then affect population profiles many years into the future. And, and you can play around with the importance if you're a government by changing things like retirement ages, but a lot of elements are locked in. And so demographics give you some idea of big picture changes over long periods of time and the changes we're going through at the moment we think are pretty profound. Unlike the rest of the world, Africa has a youthful population. Everywhere else is seeing their populations gradually age and the number of people who are beyond retirement is increasing relative to people of a working age population. And that has profound implications for spending patterns, savings patterns, uh, growth, risk appetite, and so on. Your first slide in the brief presentation that you sent me is entitled Leveraging a Self-Reinforcing Tailwind to Growth. And then there's a rather interesting circular graphic which says a self-reinforcing cycle. Maybe you could go through that. Yeah, so really since the Second World War, against the background of youthful growing populations, economies have built up pretty significant amounts of debt. And, and more recently, They've continued to build up debt to sort of try and keep the show on the road. And central banks have sort of facilitated that with monetary policy. That debt growth essentially is bringing forward future consumption. So rather than waiting to earn the money, people are borrowing on the basis that, you know, that the income that they, they're receiving, the economies are receiving, will, will gradually rise over time and service that debt. Greater borrowing increases spending, which boosts profits, which boosts sort of dividends and, and income back to and returns on investment back to consumers and businesses. And so borrowing can increase off the back of that and so on. And, you know, you have borrowing begets growth, begets more borrowing. The problem with that is you get to a point potentially where debt levels are high and the appetite to take on more debt is diminishing and the capacity to take on more debt is diminishing. 
And then the danger is that that cycle starts to go in reverse. And if it goes in reverse, it becomes a drag on growth, a drag on asset prices, a drag on incomes. And, you know, that can also be, to some extent, self-reinforcing. And that's clearly what governments and central banks are quite keen to avoid. And that leads us on quite nicely to your second graphic, which is entitled Demographics No Longer a Tailwind. When I think of demography, I think of Japan and I think of an ageing population. I think of a population that doesn't spend, a population that saves, or the older population anyway. The younger people in Japan don't want to have children and it's almost uh, the perfect demographic storm. But your chart has a look at not only Japan, but also China, the United States, Germany and Italy. So it's not confined to certain countries. It's almost a broad Based phenomenon. Yes, I think that's right. So, I mean, Japan to some extent led the process. So, Japan's working age population has started to decline sort of the end of the last century. Most other economies have seen a sort of continued modest growth in labor forces and in populations, but they're all sort of now getting to a point where working age population growth is beginning to decline. And that's a big concern because it's not just about the developed world. It is also about some parts of emerging markets, not least China, where, you know, the one child policy means that, you know, the the demographic um, picture in China is also deteriorating. And and demographics and population growth have been a very strong dynamic in terms of overall GDP growth. And if that's now going into reverse, it's a problem. Yes, it is a problem. And you talk about potential implications in your final slide, which isn't a graphic, but it's a list of potential implications. It starts with slower growth, and then it gets a little bit more disturbing after that. A beta desert, periodic asset bubbles, that's a couple right in the middle of of the list, rising inequality, money printing and inflation, uh, populism, protectionism, and then right at the end, with three exclamation marks after the word, wars. Yeah, if you look at historical precedents and you look at what we've already seen, I think you can extrapolate. I mean, there's obviously a danger in terms of of going too far, and it doesn't mean that all of these things are guaranteed. But we clearly already have seen a slowdown in growth and growth potential globally. We have, I think, seen as a result of that, as a result of the buildup of of debt, the sort of disinflationary forces that exist partly as a result of all of that. You know, lower trend interest rates, lower policy rates, lower bond yields. All of that then, you know, uh, to some extent, pushes also down the yield on other things. And we've seen extraordinary monetary policy trying to keep growth afloat, and that's tended to push up asset prices, which means it's sort of pushed down their future returns. That's really where the beta desert comes in. You know, what is it? What is out there that can offer attractive returns in the future? You know, are we gradually pushing everything to a point where future returns look somewhat skinny. But also, if you're a central bank running very loose policy to try and keep economies afloat, is the danger then that you do actually just pump up certain asset asset classes and then they get overdone and then the asset bubble bursts. I think we've seen elements of that throughout the recent cycles. Inequality, rising inequality, I think that's definitely been the case in this kind of environment where growth is weak, return on sort of safe assets is weak, wage growth is poor. You know, the only real winners are the people who've got capital already who can benefit from sort of loose central bank policy. Debt defaults, I think, you know, that given the level of debt, there are, are only certain ways you can address it. You know, you can't grow debt indefinitely, I think. I mean, that seems to have been the prescription so far. Private sector trying to deleverage, but the public sector taking on more debt to compensate. 
you know, we're going to get to a point at some point where it's hard to push debt up further. So to correct it, you've either got to grow your way out of debt, which we don't think is very easy in the current environment. You can inflate, which isn't proving to be particularly easy, but clearly monetization might be a last resort for some governments, or you might see some level of default. All of those things, we're seeing elements, I think, already. And then linked to that, people are struggling to find a way out. And that, hence, we're sort of seeing things like the rise in populism, rise in protectionism. And all that's doing is unwinding the sort of geopolitical balance that we've had, the vested interest in countries working closer together and benefiting from each other. And in previous episodes, the 30s and before, those kind of dynamics ultimately led to armed conflict. So I'm not suggesting that that's necessarily the pattern. I'm just saying that the danger is the more we get stuck in this debt deleveraging and sort of demographic drag and flail around for solutions and find solutions that are at odds with each other, the greater the risk that we're just repeating the errors of the past. Goodness me, I hope this is a really super long-term analysis you're doing here because I won't be around to experience all the things you've just described as potential implications. John Stockford, thank you very much for your analysis. John Stockford is from Investec Asset Management in London. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.